0: Tressed roasting on an open fire Jack Frost nipping at your nose Yuletide carols being sung by a choir And folks dressed up like Eskimos Everybody knows some holly and some mistletoe well they help to make the season bright tiny tots with their eyes on the globe will find it hard to sleep tonight
1: chestnuts roasting on an open fire hi this is jim lyon you're listening to viewpoint with me today jamie wilkerson how are you jamie
2: i'm doing well
1: Well, how could we not be doing well when Christmas is fast approaching? I know. (laughs) You know that song always moves me because it just fills my head with all kinds of memories and emotions and smiles and well, a little bit of longing for being a child again or for being younger again because Christmas is one of those seasons of the year where you stop and you reflect. You look backwards over your life as well as looking forward. I'm guessing you, Jamie, growing up in Chicago have some great Christmas memories, don't you?
2: I have a lot of great Christmas memories. I mean, Michigan
1: <laughs> Avenue, the magnificent mile yes. at Christmas. Have you ever strolled down that?
2: Yes, absolutely. Every year around Christmas.
1: It's so breathtaking. And uh, Christmas is filled with all kinds of emblems and signs and symbols that people just walk by, like walking down Michigan Avenue or maybe walking down Fifth Avenue, in New York, or, or that famous street in your small town or big city. There are so many things that pop out at Christmas and do we even think about them? We want to start thinking about Christmas this week at Viewpoint even though we know in the United States this is Thanksgiving week you still can't escape the drumbeat of Christmas fast approaching. And so
0: I'm offering this simple phrase to kids from one to one hundred and two although. It's been said many times, many ways, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas to you.
1: Jamie, If, if we had to think of a Christmas memory, tell me one of yours. When you were growing up, what is magical in your mind about Christmas?
2: So I'm an only child, as you know, so I may or may not have been a little bit overindulged growing up. (laughs) Hey, I'm an only child. I'm I'm right with you. (laughs) So I remember getting store catalogs from several retailers and meticulously planning my Christmas list every year. I'd mark up each desired item in the catalogs, and I created a system which included the pages and item numbers <laughs> so I remember rechecking the list multiple times I didn't want my parents to be confused so, about anything <laughs> so wait a
1: minute you didn't just like create a list of things you hoped for
2: no you actually got the
1: catalog out and I gave did. them like line numbers product line numbers numbers so there'd and be no, mistake. no mistakes no mistakes <laughs> it's not I don't want just a doll. Right. I want this doll. Exactly. Oh, I gotcha. Okay. <laughs> and how'd that work for you?
2: Oh, it worked out very well. <laughs> I remember just no matter what the item was, even if it was hard to obtain, it was under the tree by December 25th.
1: Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. under the tree.
2: Yes. <laughs> that Christmas tree
1: was in your house, wasn't it? It was. And so when you think about a Christmas tree, you see it as the umbrella for your Christmas dream presents, yes. right? Yes. I mean, waking up on Christmas morning and seeing that tree and those gifts underneath, it is the stuff of of wonder, isn't it? Yes. Christmas trees. They are probably the most pervasive emblems of Christmas everywhere in the world these days. I mean, Christmas trees have a certain kind of magnetism to them, and they're used in many, many places, in houses, in homes, in stores, in churches, in public buildings. There are Christmas trees everywhere everywhere. I mean, when I think about a Christmas tree, I think about something that's life giving and beautiful and tugs at the heart. Have you ever heard that old song, Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree?
2: Oh, yes. Rockin'
3: Around the Christmas Tree at the Christmas party. Hall. A mistletoe hop where you can see every couple try.
1: Rocking around the Christmas tree—that was Amy Grant bringing life to that uh, classic from the 1950s. And when you think about Christmas trees, or think about all the things that we associate with Christmas as decorations, they all have a story, Jamie. They all came from somewhere. And these days, we just walk by them. We might appreciate their beauty. They may pop out at us, but we don't think about where they came from. Why? Why is there a tree decorated at Christmas time? For what purpose? Why is it so all that? Well, let's talk about that, shall we? Yes. So like many Christmas emblems, Christmas trees have a history that is pre-Christian. In other words, using trees as as symbols of something spiritual... Uh, goes back into a pagan world, and especially in Northern Europe. Okay, so where did I grow up? You grew up in Chicago, Jamie. Where did I grow up?
2: Where did you grow up? You grew up in Seattle. (laughs)
1: Seattle, which is in Washington, which has its byline. It's the evergreen state. Yes. So when I was growing up, I was drilled. You live in the evergreen state. You know, some of those other states, they have trees that their leaves fall off and then they look dead during the winter, and then they come back to life in the spring, and they represent the seasons. Okay, some of those in Washington too, but western Washington where I grew up are forested hillsides and mountains that are always green. It's evergreen, and northern Europe's like that too. So if you think about Scandinavia or Germany, the Baltic states, these are places where there's a lot of evergreen growth and fir trees, and the leaves don't drop off, and they don't go through seasons. They're kind of timeless. They're, they're steady. They're like not affected by what goes on in the seasons around them. And you can understand, anyone can, how ancient peoples who had small, finite understanding of the world around them would look at those trees and think, well, those are different than everything else. <laughs> People seem to grow old, and they wither. Trees lose their leaves. Grass turns brown. But those fir trees, they are always constant. And they became symbols for the ancients in northern europe of a kind of spiritual power sometimes pagan gods and then evergreen branches would be used to decorate kinds of pagan worship and supplement the way in which they'd observe the seasons because evergreen never changed like so many things in our world christianity came to the front door was welcomed in and changed everything and for me redeemed that pagan practice of using evergreen trees to worship false gods or or even just nature and made it an emblem of Jesus why because Jesus came to bring everlasting life and so the evergreen itself was transformed into an emblem of Jesus at christmas time where do you think the first christmas tree is recorded to have been set up
2: I think it was in, was it in Northern Europe?
1: That's right. The capital city of Latvia. It's called Riga. That's one of the Baltic republics these days. And in Riga, there is a record, a definitive historic record back to the year 1510, when a huge evergreen tree was put up in the public town square, and it was decorated beautifully for Christmas. There may have been Christmas trees before that. But that's the first documented evidence we have of a tree, an evergreen tree, being used to celebrate Christmas and bear witness to the everlasting, evergreen gift of life that Jesus brings. And so, from that edge of the Baltic Sea, which is adjacent to Scandinavia and Germany and so on, we have that first record of a Christmas tree. And then in Germany, Christmas trees really took hold. So, have you ever heard that story about Martin Luther?
2: Yes, I did. I heard a little bit about it.
1: I mean, so. What do you know about the story, that he has a family and uh, some kids, and he's walking home one night, and what happens?
2: So he walked through the forest, and he looked up to see the stars shining in the night sky. And at that moment, it was so beautiful that he went home and told his children about it. He said that the, the star in the tree that he, I guess he chopped down for his family, reminded him of Jesus. And some people say that this was the same tree as the Riga tree, but it really wasn't. The Riga tree actually took place a few decades earlier. That's
1: right. And so far as we know, Luther wasn't uh, walking about downtown Riga. right? (laughs) But he was in Germany, and he did cut a tree down, seeing the stars in the night sky and looking up from the ground. Imagine yourself out, a beautiful night. It's clear. There's snow on the ground, let's say. And you look up, and the stars are like diamonds. And you see through the branches of this evergreen tree, those stars are like lights in the tree. And so the story goes that Luther was so moved by it that he cut the tree down, brought it into his house, and set candles on the tree to represent that starlight, and then put a star at the very top, that star of Bethlehem, which would outshine all the rest to teach his children about the coming of Christ. And you can see the direct lines straight to the story of Jesus being born and the star of Bethlehem. That Christmas tree took off then as a custom in Germany and was very popular.
4: Oh, Christmas tree, oh, Christmas tree, Thy leaves are so unchanging Oh, Christmas tree, oh, Christmas tree Thy leaves are so unchanging Not only green when summer's here But also when tis cold and drear Oh, Christmas tree, oh, Christmas tree Oh. our souls
1: Germans wrote the book about Christmas trees, and they wrote that song too. But in 1841, the Christmas tree jumped out of Germany into the English-speaking world. What happened in 1841, Jamie?
2: The Christmas tree became very popular in 1841 when Prince Albert, Queen Victoria's German husband, had a Christmas tree set up in the Windsor Castle.
1: So Queen Victoria marries a guy from Germany, Prince Albert, to whom she was deeply devoted. They had a great family life and a whole group of children, and he brings this tradition of the Christmas tree into the palace in England. And it was captured in a drawing, Prince Albert and the Queen and all the kids around a beautifully decorated Christmas tree. And that drawing was published in a very popular magazine in London. I think it was called the Illustrated Weekly. And people in the public just thought, that's so amazing. That's so beautiful. We could do that in our house. And in no time, the press's publication of that picture of a Christmas tree in the English royal household, just took off and soon was across the Atlantic in the United States. And well, here we are today. Christmas trees are around the world, in the English speaking world, in the German speaking world, in the Far East. You can't go to Tokyo without seeing a Christmas tree at Christmas time. Everywhere, Christmas trees have captured the heart of the world. But why? Jamie, there's a verse in the scripture that gives us a clue. It's probably the most famous verse in the New Testament. I'm going to just recall it from memory from the old King James version of the Bible. That's Shakespearean English that uh, we don't often speak today, but this is how I learned the verse. And then I'm going to ask you to read it in a more contemporary English translation called the New Living Translation. But first, this is the verse. It's John chapter 3, verse 16. It says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever should believe in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Now, what does it say in the New Living Translation?
2: It says, For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only Son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life.
1: So, no matter which English idiom you're using, ancient Shakespearean English, or this modern translation in the contemporary tone, The ideas are still clear. They pop off the page. And in this one verse of Scripture, we have the whole theology of the gospel, really. It starts off with the love of God. And we cannot forget at Christmas that God loves us. Sometimes people see God as angry and judgmental and harsh, and he is a God of justice. There's no doubt about that. And we do believe that there will come a judgment day. But right now, it's called the acceptable year of the Lord, the year of the Lord's favor. This season, this epoch of history, is where the love of God prevails. And he, this loving God, loved us so much that he gave. Well, there's another Christmas thing. Your story was about gifts yes. that you hoped as a child to receive. The concept of giving gifts is rooted in Christmas too. Not only did the wise men bring gifts to the baby Jesus... God gave. The original Christmas was about a gift, and he gave his only son. Wow. I have four boys. I'm not sure I'd give any of them up to help somebody else, but God gave his only son who came into this world, the very person of God in human form, and he entered into his creation in the person of Jesus at Christmas, that first Christmas, because he loved us so much. He he came out of the palace, so to speak, to get onto the dirty street. He, he left the comfort zone, a fantastic paradise, to come into a world that's very broken and desperate because he loved us so much. He was willing to sacrifice because he loved us so much. And what was that love about? So that anyone who believes in him, and in John's gospel, where this verse is taken from, the word belief and obey are interchanged, even in the same chapter of John. If you believe, you obey. It means I take this idea. So seriously, I'm going to allege myself. I'm going to give myself to the idea. Anyone who believes in Jesus, who obeys Jesus and receives him, will not perish, will not die and be lost forever, but will have everlasting life. Wow. I mean, I just lost my mom this year, the woman who taught me about Christmas trees, the woman who in my earliest memory, decorated a tree with tinsel like they did in the 1950s, and and big colored light bulbs and, and globes of glass, and my mom was so much a part of my Christmas memory, and she died this year. This will be my first Christmas without her in my life. But you know what? My mom believed in Jesus, and she still lives. She has everlasting life. This is the Christmas story, and that's why Christmas trees are in the mix. It's not just because they're pretty, and it's not because they have a pagan history in ancient Europe, and it's not because they're easy to get, and it's not because you can buy one that's artificial now. It's because evergreen trees have always represented everlasting life, and at Christmas, they speak of Jesus. The only way you or I can experience life eternal is through Jesus. He is the only way. He is the only doorway. He is the keeper of the gate. He is the way to eternal life. No matter what happens in this world, I will live forever with Jesus. That's the Christmas story, and that's what every Christmas tree represents. Now, you're going to walk by some Christmas trees, and you're not accustomed to thinking of this, but our dare to you this year is every tree you walk by, just stop and think to yourself, oh yes, I know Where that came from is because Christmas trees are a Christian emblem of everlasting life, which can only be secured by Jesus, whose birthday we celebrate every Christmas.
5: And rejoice with heart and soul and voice. Give you heed to what we say. News, news Jesus Christ is born today. Ox and ass before him bow, and he is in the manger now. Christ is born today. Christ is born today. And men rejoice with heart and soul and voice Now ye hear of endless bliss, joy, joy Jesus Christ was born for this He hath hopes for heavenly door And man is blessed forevermore Christ was born for this Christ was born for this
1: good christian men rejoice good christian people rejoice because now we need not fear the grave for jesus christ has come to save wherever you are just now as you're approaching the holiday we hope that you'll be tuned up to see the celebration of christmas as the celebration of greater truth than just your office christmas party or your family's traditions but that with your christmas tree you will celebrate the reality of jesus who is the giver of life and who gives us eternal life if we'll just believe in him, obey him. Oh, but how do you do that? It's one thing to know that. It's quite another to live that. Well, you can take a step towards the Christ of Christmas with us right now in prayer. Just take a deep breath and pray with us and give your life to him. Our Father, we're so thankful for the Christmas time. We're thankful for the power of Jesus coming into this world and the story of his birth, and the living dynamic of Jesus even yet today. And we're thankful for the promise of eternal life. We know that we're just passing through this world, and all of us will one day or another find ourselves leaving this world for the next. And the promise of Christmas and the promise of Jesus is everlasting life with you in heaven. I pray, Lord, that we will receive that gift. Thank you for your love. Thank you for sending your Son Thank you for making the promise. Thank you for giving us Jesus. We surrender our lives to him. We admit, Lord, that we don't deserve this gift. We cannot earn it. We cannot work hard enough to be good enough to receive it. But we can simply open our hearts' doors and say, Lord, make us new. Forgive us of our sin and breathe eternal life into us. May we walk with you, obey you, and be yours. We pray that for this Christmas and always. In Jesus' name, amen. If you'd like to know more about how your Christmas can be Christ-centered, if you'd like to know more about how you can taste eternal life, even here and now, give us a call. Just dial this number 1-800-757-VIEW. That's 1-800-757-8439. But Jamie, if someone did not want to call us on the phone, but preferred instead to just check us out online, where would they go?
2: They can go to www.cbhviewpoint.org.
1: CBH, Christians Broadcasting Hope. That's who we are. We hope that you'll reach out to us and online you can send us an email. We will reply, I promise. Or at the last, just send us a letter. Address it to Jim Lyon, Viewpoint, Post Office Box 2420, Anderson, Indiana, 46018, USA. But whether you give us a call check us out online or use the post. Please, this week, reach out. We would so love to hear from you. Jamie, Merry Christmas to you, and I pray that every day between now and that December 25th will be filled with wonder.
2: Thank you. Merry Christmas to you also.
1: I'll take that. And to all of you listening, we hope you'll join us again next week because we're going to unpack another very important and prominent symbol of the Christmas time that you're going to see everywhere you look in the weeks ahead. We hope you'll join us then. Until then, for all of us at the Viewpoint team, for all of us at Church of God Ministries, which is the host of our broadcast, thanks for listening. This is Jim Lyon. Stay tuned.